Dear Prudence. 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 Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Maddie Court, a writer and zine maker who holds an MA in Gender and Women's Studies and an MFA in Creative Writing from the University of Madison, Wisconsin. Her first book, The Ex-Girlfriend of My Ex-Girlfriend, is my girlfriend. An almanac of relationship advice for queer women with art and comics by Kelsey Roten is forthcoming from Chronicle Books. And now here's our first letter. Okay, this next one is called When My Husband Yells, I Get Scared. Dear Prudence, I think my husband has an anger management problem. He's an amazing person and a caring, supportive partner, but he tends to yell when he talks about things that make him angry, injustice or politicians in general, but also like our boneheaded neighbor. While I know he's not angry with me and that I'm safe with him, I grew up in a house where my parents yelled a lot and I'm very sensitive to loud noises. His yelling makes me seriously uncomfortable, sometimes to the point that I flinch, clench my body, get headaches, or sometimes even cry. To be clear, in the 10 years we've been together, he's only raised his voice to me during an argument maybe twice, and he's never been violent. When he's angry about something and yells, he never blames me for whatever's angered him. He doesn't get in my face or intimidate me or put me down. He'll just yell. And because we're together every day, I can't get much distance from that yelling. I recently told him I'm frightened in those moments and asked him to notice my body language when he yells. While he now feels horrible for having made me feel this way, he also said that now he feels like he's not allowed to be angry and doesn't understand why he can't express anger that isn't directed at me. I do want him to be able to express himself, but the yelling seems sometimes unhealthy. And given how it interacts with my trauma response, it's hard on our relationship. He's agreed to talk to his therapist about how he expresses anger, but he also told me that I'm responsible for my own reactions and wants me to remember that I'm safe with him. I don't think that I should have to subject myself to experiences that traumatize me or produce negative physical reactions just because he doesn't think he should change. What can we do? This is a rough question because I'm resistant to anytime someone says that they can't control something, especially when it comes to yelling or reactions that we have. Um, and initially when I read this and I saw anger management problem, I really took exception to that because it seemed like it was labeling something. But now that I'm thinking about it, it does seem like this is something that is a little bit beyond your husband's control. Um, and it's something that you're just expressing makes you fearful and uncomfortable. You're having these really intense psychosomatic responses. Um, and that is, that is a problem. Yeah, it also felt clear to me, at least, that the letter writer had a really clear sense of what this isn't, right? Like, the letter writer is really aware. I get he's not yelling at me. I get that I'm not in physical danger. So in that sense, letter writer, I think you're being pretty clear-headed. And I think, so your husband's sort of uh, attempt to, you know, his first, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I've made you feel so bad, followed by a sort of more defensive response. I think he's not really giving you quite enough credit. You are not saying, like, husband, your anger when you express it is itself, like, automatically threatening or you're doing exactly what my parents did and you're bad and I'm good and you need to fix it. Um, you are letting him know the way that you yell when you're upset, even when it's not at me, is really stressful for me and I would like you to modify it. 
Um, I think that's a reasonable request. You've, you've asked him to do this once. You know, you have brought this up once. You may have had a couple of follow-up conversations or this may have all come from the same conversation that wasn't super clear to me. Um, but, you know, let's keep this in perspective. You've brought this up once in 10 years. You're not like constantly on his case. Um, you haven't been making like ongoing round-the-clock demands of him. Um, I, I do let a writer think that you have been on the whole um, – you have not been like pushing him, if that makes sense. Like, I, I, I do think that he should let go of some of that initial defensiveness. Uh, obviously, I don't know how often he's yelling. I don't know how long he yells for. I don't know if it's the sort of thing where like he raises his voice once or twice and then resumes a kind of whatever like normal level of conversation is. Um, so I, I can't speak exactly to that. Um, but again, without saying that like his yelling is evil or bad, just what you've let him know is when you yell about something that frustrates you on a regular basis, it's exhausting and demoralizing to me. I would like you to find another way to express frustration or anger. I think that's a reasonable request. I think there's lots of ways to express frustration or a- anger besides yelling um, and that don't require becoming like completely flat affect or just being like, well, I thought about it and it's made me upset. You know, like I think his reaction is a little bit like, gee, my hands are tied here. And it's like, no, you're just being asked to like step away from this one specific part of the register. Absolutely. Yeah. I would be stressed out if if I was dating someone and their first response to frustration or, you know, just general injustice, which is all that's on the news these days was to start yelling. Um yeah, especially when it's happening in your own home. Yeah, and when you're at home all the time together, like that's another um, factor here. So, you know, I think you can come back to him and say, I I hope you can appreciate this was hard for me to bring up. Um, part of what I'm trying to share with you here is just the general tone that I hope we can like build together in our home, not whether or not yelling is always bad in all circumstances. Um, In case I wasn't clear before, I really am okay with you expressing anger. I would like it not to be yelling. If you have a hard time thinking of other ways to express anger besides yelling, we can talk about that. You can talk about that with your friends and your therapist. All those conversations can happen around the same time. Um, This is not about getting in or out of trouble. This is just about a request that I, your loving partner, am making of you um, that I don't think is the same thing as asking you to whisper or tiptoe on eggshells or pretend that everything is fine. Um, it's it's just pretty much the one thing. It's just yelling. Um, and and to, to say, like, I, I hope that you can consider that without feeling defensive um, or like I am asking you to completely edit your personality because I don't think I am. And then as to his sort of question of, uh, you know, he wants you to be responsible for your own reactions. I mean, fine. I, I, I guess what my response would be to that would be something like, okay, one of the ways that I'm going to do that is if you start yelling and it gets really stressful for me, I'm going to say something like, let's talk about this again later and leave the room. Not like flounce out of the room or like abruptly like turn and give an about face in the middle of a conversation. But that might be one way that neither attempts to make you like responsible for feeling comfortable when he's shouting. Um, but that also doesn't just say like, well, I have to just sit around until he calms down. Like you might very well decide like, 
okay, while he works on this, if it's not happening at a suitable pace, I might sometimes need to say, I can't listen to you when you're yelling. Let's talk about this later. Yeah, that's more than fair, I think. And that way you're not subjecting yourself to that experience that you find painful and that reminds you of a a traumatic childhood. Yeah, absolutely. And if he wants to yell and get it out, it doesn't seem like he needs an audience. He could go do that in a backyard shed. Yeah, you know, for for him to also think of like, are there ways that I want to express frustration through service, through mutual aid work, through direct action? Um, Are there ways that I want to have conversation with friends where I get to express some frustration to people who don't have necessarily a a painful, fraught relationship with occasional yelling, in which case, like, maybe he should schedule a few more like phone calls with friends where he walks around the neighborhood and gets a little heated. All of those seem like good options. Maybe a couples counselor for the both of you in addition to him talking to his own therapist. Um, Having somebody who can mediate the conversation and kind of help check in with you both when you're like, I feel like you're yelling right now. And he's like, this isn't yelling. This is yelling. Um, That that might be a useful um, form of mediation. He should join an adult kickball league or like an adult aggressive recess games. Like I'm imagining adult Red Rover. Or something where he can just like get out all of his his um his anger and his yelling. I feel like this guy needs he needs recess. Like he needs to be sent out to <laughs> to run around so he can come back and and be a, a person again. I would be upset too if if my partner's was yelling and I didn't feel like I could get through to them. That's a really scary state for someone to be in. Yeah. And yelling and anger are not the same thing. Um they're just not. So his whole, you know. I feel like I'm not allowed to be angry thing is like, okay that you feel that way. That's not actually what's happening. Anger and yelling are not synonyms. Yelling is one form through which people sometimes express anger. That is not the full suite of that emotion. And can sometimes be cultural. Like sometimes people have a communication style that is just more yelly and in your face. And other people are going to react to that in a way that feels negative. And that's just being a person moving through the world and building relationships is communicating and saying like, this feels really bad, even though I understand that it's not necessarily intentional. Yeah. And I think especially the way that you mentioned this was, it seems very much like you were, you were stressing to be clear. I know that you are not trying to intimidate me, but in part because of the context of my childhood and also just in part because of my own preferences, it makes me really uncomfortable. I would like you to bear that in mind when you talk about things that frustrate you. That's a that's a loving, non-punitive, non-shaming response. You're not saying like, hey, you're a ball of rage and you need to like get right. Um, so I think that's all I have for that one. Good luck to you, letter writer. I would love to hear back from you or even the both of you in a couple of months after you've had the chance to kind of work on this together and see where you're at. Please do. Uh, and in the meantime, would you read our next letter? Yes. Subject, sharing or sabotage? Dear Prudence, Six months ago, two of my very close friends did something that really hurt me and then lied about it. I ended both relationships after I found out about it. Because of some extenuating circumstances, I can see myself possibly having a casually friendly relationship with one of them, but I don't ever want to be close to the other again. They both apologized, and I think they understand how much they hurt me. They're also no longer in contact with each other. I'm not actively angry anymore, even though I'm still hurt. I understand why things happen as they did and how mental health came into play. I wish them both well, and I don't think they're bad people. I just don't want to resume our friendships. I'm also trying to make new friends and move on. I'm in college right now, 
and it's unavoidable that our new social circles will probably overlap. I don't know how much I can or should disclose about my history with these two as I pursue new friendships with shared acquaintances. I don't want to sabotage them, but those friend breakups really affected me, and I want to find some way to share that part of my life. I don't want to do heavy processing with casual friends, but I want to be able to consider the possibility of referencing it once in a while. But I can't shake the fear that I'll be ruining their friendships or isolating them just by talking about what happened. I also worry that I'll be more inclined to tell people if I feel my anger resurfacing or out of an unhelpful desire to collect people to my side. I do have some friends who saw what happened, so I'm not without support. So far, I have been held back from telling anyone else. What is the line between talking freely about my own experiences and smearing my former friends? I mean, it kind of depends on the details a little bit. I'll admit, just the gossip hounded me was like, what did they do? Yeah. Which is not the the mode I should take as an advice columnist, but I'm so just like, oh my God, what did they do? Well, and sometimes people in college are like this letter writer, like so mature. They are fully formed adults with like incredible wells of emotional intelligence. And sometimes people are in college and they are literally in middle school, right? (laughs) It sounds like this, this letter writer is in such a good place and has a wonderful perspective. At the same time, I want to stress that whatever they did was something that happened to you. You are part of that and you have a right to talk about it. There's a really big difference between saying that someone's haircut is stupid and they're ugly and secretly gay and then just saying like, this was my experience. This is why we're not friends anymore, but I've moved on. Yeah. Yeah, you can also just say something as true but non-specific as we used to be close, but then we had a falling out and I wish them well, but we're not friends anymore. Certainly you'll get some people who, like me, will be a little bit, oh my God, can you tell me more details? Those people should hopefully edit themselves and keep that question in their minds. Or if they ask you, you can say, no, thank you. But you can also just say, yeah, we used to be close. We're not now. Um, You don't have to go into the details if you're not sure about your motivations or you feel weird about it. You can just say we're not friends anymore um, or something like they really hurt my feelings. I think generally speaking, people do get that. Like even if they do feel privately kind of curious, like for the most part, they understand that's something that happens, especially in college. It is not uncommon for people to, you know, have one set of friends freshman year and then to kind of either find other friends who share more of their interests or to have a big fight about something um, and to uh, find a different social support system elsewhere. Um, so this is not unheard of. You will not be the only person kind of facing the question of like reinventing yourself or seeking out new friends in college. Um, it will be good, I think, to have one slightly boring talking point on the subject and one slightly more detailed but still brief and not inviting follow-up questions for when you don't feel like sounding like a, you know, a newspaper. Uh, yeah, when you don't feel like sounding like a newspaper or like a PR department. Some kind of yellow yellow journalist where you're just like, and then, um, yeah, I'm not worried at all about this letter writer smearing people or trying to triangulate or divide people up into teams. It doesn't sound like that's what she's interested in doing or something that would appeal to her. Um, but I sympathize. It's really hard. It's really hard when someone does something to you and you feel that change something about you. Like that's an awful weight to carry. But I do think that this letter writer will go into these new friendships as a better person and a more fully formed adult. 
Yeah. And, you know, that kind of question of if I am starting to get close with somebody who also knows these people and either the subject of why we're no longer friends comes up or I decide I want to share something with these new friends, is that taking me outside of the realm of like looking after myself and into the realm of because that we all kind of know each other? Am I sabotaging the possibilities for their, you know, independent relationships to possibly grow? This, this is not a gossipy thing. I just mean like without details, it's a little hard to speak to. It's possible that some people might hear whatever did happen between you and think, wow, I don't want to be friends with those people. And that's simply well within their rights to decide. Some people might hear it and say, life's complicated. It sounds like they were in a bad place themselves. I'm, I'm going to stay mostly neutral slash slightly sympathetic towards the letter writer. Other people might offer you very little sympathy at all. It's it's sometimes hard to predict how other people will react to something that has hurt one individually. So I will just say, as long as you are not like pulling people aside who seem to be getting close to your former friends and saying, you know, don't be friends with her. She hurt my feelings. She did something mean to me. She did something fucked up. Then you're, you don't have to worry about your conduct. Um, simply befriending people who happen to also know these people and contemplating the possibility of talking about something that happened to you is not ruining their chances of ever moving on with their lives or making other friends. There are other people in the world and not everyone might make the same decisions that you have. So I think you can let yourself um, off the hook on that front. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, if you say you're you're worried that when you do feel anger rise that you'll be more inclined to just tell new people simply for the sake of hurting your former friends, it's good to be honest about yourself in those moments. Um, maybe it will be good to tell, you know, maybe talk to, you say you have some friends who already know what happened. Um, you know, you, you might consider them a resource and say like, if I occasionally want to talk to you when I feel angry or frustrated, is that okay? Cause they might also at some point say like, I don't always want to hear about this. So, but again, you sound like a really conscientious person, letter writer. So I'm really not worried that you're going to overload your friends. I think just save the heavy stuff for friends you're already close with and check in first to make sure that they're up for listening to you vent. Yeah. And I just want to say that I think it's such a common experience to have a best friend or best friends immediately in college that you break up with. And you just, when that happened for me, I was so upset about it because we lived on the same hallway. Um, And I just didn't know how I would ever move on. But then a month later, I had a completely new set of friends. And those are the people that I still talk to today. So I wouldn't dwell too much on this. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have pretty good goals and values here. Um, it sounds like you're pretty aware of possible pitfalls yeah. for you. So I, I, I think you can go easy on yourself. Um, if you're worried about smearing your former friends, um, maybe jot down somewhere privately, like what would be an indicator to me that I am trying to smear someone's reputation? Would it be, um, going into excessive detail because I liked how it got a reaction out of somebody? Um, Would it be ending one conversation where I disclosed to someone by seeking out new people to disclose to? Would it be the way that I felt after disclosing? How would I differentiate between maybe unfair responsibility I feel on behalf of these old friends versus actually trying to smear them? How would I distinguish between those two possibilities? give it a little thought beforehand so that you know how you might recognize it if it comes up. And that will go a long way towards, I think, helping you remind yourself, like, I'm actually just talking a little bit about something that made me sad. It's normal to want to do that. It's normal to want friends who support you. I don't think that's quite the same thing as like trying to enlist 
an army of people who are like, quote unquote, on your side and enemies of your former friends. I don't think you're in a lot of danger of doing that. No, absolutely not. Have you ever smeared a former friend, Danny? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've, I've told stories. I've been like, listen, this is my experience with somebody. But yeah, there's a big gap between that and gossiping or or being mean to someone. Yeah, there absolutely is. And there's certainly been times in my life where I felt really justified by something that hurt me and felt like this is just talking about my experience. And then later thought, was all of that just talking about my experience or was some of it kind of delighting in making somebody look as bad as possible, especially in, you know, high school and college. Um, certainly I am not above having done that or <laughs> wanting to do that. Certainly I am not above, you know, wanting to regain a sense of power over a situation where I no longer had power by saying something angry or mean or unjustified. Um, I'm as capable of that as anyone, I think. And I really, you know, I think it speaks really well of the letter writer that like at this age, they're already concerned about not doing that even when they are justifiably angry. I will say that even so-called justifiable anger is often very difficult for me to handle simply on my own. That's something that I often need help and support in dealing with because I'll just lose a sense of proportion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so understandable. And also if you have a friend who you trust, it's totally fine to vent to them and talk about this shitty thing that happened. Like we all have times when we're not generous and when we want to say something petty about someone else just to say it. And that doesn't make you a bad person just makes you a human. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have a very like complicated relation. You know, I, I, I'm aware of sometimes the ways in which certain types of like conversation get dismissed as gossip, um, Mm -hmm. particularly to like punish like women or queer people. Um, and then there's other ways in which gossip can really function as a a weapon to try to like hurt and exclude people unfairly. And so I I don't want to make like a final ruling on like either gossip was always good and useful and like a necessary pressure release valve um, or gossip is always small-minded, cruel, unuseful, Um, useless. That was the word I was struggling to find there, (laughs) not unuseful. But, you know, I I think it is often easy when we feel hurt to to justify whatever it is that we want to do. And I think it's really a good idea, as this letter writer wants to do, is to wait for moments of calm and clarity to try to think about what do I want to do in the moments where I don't feel calm and clarity. how do I how do I figure those things out ahead of time so I'm not simply relying on whatever I'm feeling in the moment to dictate my actions, um, which is the work of a lifetime. And letter writer, it seems like you're making a really, really great start. So um, congratulations to you. That's our mini episode of Dear Prudence for this week. Our producer is Phil Circus. Our theme music was composed by Robin Hilton. As always, if you want me to answer your question, call me and leave a message at 401-371-DEAR. That's 3327. And you might hear your answer on an episode of the show. You don't have to use your real name or location. And at your request, we can even alter the sound of your voice. Keep it short. 30 seconds, a minute tops. Thanks for listening. 